How many married couples do we have here this morning? Y'all stand up, married couples. Good, stand up. Somebody grab your hand, grab their hands. Grab their hands. If you're not sitting with them, go find them. I'll give you a couple of seconds to go find them. Not one of you has a perfect marriage. You don't have the perfect mate. Well, Mary Lou's pretty close to having that. No, I'm just. Uh-huh. Yes, okay, I am. It's okay to give him a kiss right now if you want to go ahead and give him a kiss. On the lips. Yeah. That's a form of worship. You know that, don't you? That one of the words for worship is to kiss. I want to bless you this morning. Father, I thank you for these couples in this church. And I know not all of them have their mate here with them. There are other places. Maybe they're serving, they're working. But Father, I bless these marriages. I know in this day and time, in this culture, it's not even a popular thing anymore to get married. It's just, let's just live together and see if it works out. But I thank you for these in this building, in this church body that have said, I want to be obedient to God. Father, you've you've directed that person to me, and I love them, and I cherish them, and I honor them. And I bless these marriages to grow, not just in in their love for one another, but more importantly, that their first love would be Jesus Christ. And Father, if he's not, if he's been pushed to the side, Lord, that that they would allow him to regain his place uh, uh, on the throne of their hearts and on the throne of their marriage. Father, I bless these marriages, I bless these families that they represent today to be strong, to be rooted and grounded in the love of Jesus Christ and in the word of God. And I bless them to prosper in every way, in every form, shape, in 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 their marriage to prosper, Lord, that they might be an example of the goodness of God that we've sung about this morning. In Jesus' name I pray. And everybody said, amen. You can sit down. We've got these books back up here again, uh, merely reordered. And so if you did not get a Blessing Your Child book, we have how many more? No, we had 25, but this is for, they have children and babies and children and Okay. Don't take them if they're not Yeah, if you're not going to use these books, do not take them, just because they're free. <laughs> they cost somebody something, they cost us something. So uh, we really, these are a great tool. This is what these are, they're a tool to bless your children, to bless your family. So uh, they're here available at the end of the service if you want to come up and get one. Okay, talking about marriage this morning. If you'll notice the title of the sermon, maybe you don't notice, it is that, not that one, it's uh, there's a love story within the love story. Okay, we have a love story within a love story today. So if you have your Bibles, turn to Ephesians 5. And you know what? We're not, probably not going to be that lengthy in this. I'm probably not going to cover everything. But there's some key things I do want to point out, okay? Because I started, I thought, man, I've got all the stats. I've looked up the stats about marriage and divorce and yada, yada, yada. And I thought, you know what? That's not what this is about. This is about the love story that the marriages are built on. It's the love story of Christ the bridegroom, and us, the church, the bride. Say, I'm a bride. See, if you're a, if you're, if you're a woman and you, you're married, you've been a bride twice, if you know Jesus. 
Us guys, we just get to be a bride once when we get to know Jesus. But if you were a bride and you walked down the aisle or whatever you, wherever you went, but you got married, you were a bride, and, and so you were a bride then, and, and when you gave your life to Christ, you became the bride of Christ because the church is the bride of Christ. And so Paul is uh, he's writing about, what, if you read the book, of, the book of Ephesians, it's an incredible book, and it doesn't take that long to read all of it, all six chapters, but Paul was talking about how we live this Christian life, and he's given us uh, ways to walk it and how to walk it. And then he, then he, he sees there, there's an important element to, to the family of God when he comes into verse 22 of, of chapter 5, and he says, Wives, submit to your own husbands. Say, submit. submit. See, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, as also Christ is head of the church, and he's the Savior of the body. Therefore, just as the church is subject to Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. See, if, we just, if you just focus on that first part of that verse, which is a lot, what a lot of men do, is, uh, oh, baby, you've got to submit to me. I'm the husband. The Bible says you've got to submit to me. Then you've missed the whole point of the, the rest of everything he says. Everything else he says, you have missed it because... At that moment that you say, baby, you got to do this because I'm the husband, it's all become, it's become about you and not about Christ. Then you heard, you heard what Josh was saying. Well, I, I wanted, the, it was about me. And, I, I, and then first, listen, if, you, if your marriage gets off track, first lady might just come to where you work and give you some strong words. Y'all heard, I don't know if y'all heard that little subtle thing you said what first lady said. Well, first lady didn't say it to him in church. She said it to him at work. Just a warning. Just a warning. If you're at your job and you see first lady pull up, you might want to run. (laughs) Or you might want to get free. So stay. (laughs) Okay? Submission. Listen to me, church. Submission is all about the mission. The word submission means to come under the mission of. You know, it's like a submarine goes under. The subway goes under. Submission goes under the mission. You, you subject yourself to the mission. And the mission of every marriage is, listen to me, the church. I'm, I'm not going to be long. Maybe. <laughs> the mission of every marriage, if we can just get this, if the mission of every marriage is to glorify God. It's not about, oh, I get to marry her so we can have sex. That's a beautiful part of it. God designed it. It's okay. I mean, it's wonderful. He, he designed it so we could procreate. But it's about, our, is my marriage going to be an honor and a glory to God? I want to tell you something. Divorce does not honor God. Separation doesn't honor God. When you go your way, she goes her way, and you're, you go back and you go back to the world, it does not honor God. But when you come into a, a union with each other and with God as the head of your home, and you come under the mission of Christ, not the mission of your, uh, your happiness, but the mission of God, the mission of Christ in your life, I promise you, as long as you lift him up and he's number one in your marriage, your marriage will be 100% successful. I don't have to back up on that at all. If the husband and the wife are seeking God first, the Bible says all these other things will be added to you. Your marriage will be successful. When they come into my office, oh, pastor, we're this, we're that. It's always because this person or that person quit. They left their first love was Jesus Christ. And when he quits being your first love, I'm telling you, troubles will happen. Conflict will happen. Disunity will happen. 
And if you, whenever you say Jesus is not Lord of my life or my family anymore, I promise you the devil is laughing his tail off. And he's coming in like a flood. And he's going to, man, he is laughing and he's, I got this family now. And see, you may know Jesus Christ. You may be, you may be, you may, you, you may have your ticket punch. You're going to go to heaven because you ex- accepted Jesus Christ in your life. But your marriage or divorce or whatever it looks like will not be an honor and a glory to God. So to understand this submission, we have to go back to Ephesians 5.15. It says, see then that you walk circumspectly. That means upright. Walk in pureness. Walk in holiness. Not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. How many of you know the days are evil? Right? Do you all believe that we live in evil times? There's a mass shooting and murder almost every day in the United States of America. Did you know that? Almost every day we hear about it. There, there, there's evil everywhere around us. Therefore, do not be unwise, which means be wise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. So he's, he's approaching this thing about marriage, but he's saying, you've got to understand the will of the Lord. And do not be drunk with wine, in which is dissipation. Dissipation just means you go overly drunk. You were staggeringly drunk. You were vomiting up drunks. Dissipation. But be filled with a spirit, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks to always for all the things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And then he says this one other thing, submitting to one another in the fear of God. We're supposed to submit to one another. What does that look like? What does that look like, Lorenzo, when we're, we're supposed to submit to one another? I believe it looks like this, that we care about what you care about. We care about what you care about. You're not higher than that person there, this sitting there. You know, oh, I, I'm, I'm smarter, I'm prettier, I'm, you know, I'm all this. I, I'm more spiritual than you. Listen, if you're, if you're talking about submitting to one another, but you're taking this high road that you're something better than them, then you're not going to be able to submit to one another. You're not going to listen to one another. You're not going to hear them because you already got all the answers. You ever talk to anybody that has all the answers? You don't really want to talk to them very long, do you? So to be successful in submission, you have to understand first what the actual mission is. It's not about, oh, I think we, I, 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 just, I just see this beautiful wedding planned and I see this place we're going to go and our honeymoon is going to be incredible and we got this house, we got these dreams, we got these plans, but God's not in the picture then you've missed it. You've totally missed it. When you, when, oh, it's all about your, it's all about your professions, it's all, all about you know, your, your status. You've missed it. You won't come under the submission of if you don't know what your mission is. We're all called to submit to the Lord, whether you're single. See, this message is not just, it's, it's for everybody. It's for me. It's for you. It's for, if you're single, if you're, if you're divorced, if you're going to get married, if you're married, if you've been married 50 years, it doesn't matter. This message is for you this morning. So don't check out of me while he's preaching about marriage. So I'm not going to talk. I don't want to, I don't need to listen to that because I'm not going to get married or I've been married a long time. I know how she is and I'm, it's not going to change. <laughs> God has to have first place in your heart. There's a scripture. I didn't give it to Lisa. It's in Colossians 1.16. It says, for by him, Jesus, all things were created that are in heaven and that are on the earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or, or principalities or power, all things were created through him and for him. All things, everything. We were created for him. We were created for him. 
Go back. Now let's go back uh, to Ephesians 5.25. Husbands, love your wives. Say love. Agape. Agape. This is not eros love. Eros love will attract you to that the other, that, that significant other, you know. Uh, eros love. I mean, when I saw Mary Lou, and I thought, woohoo. I mean, you know, I was like, this little blonde wore the mini skirts, and I was like really attracted to her. That was not agape. <laughs> it was a gape. <laughs> He says, husbands, love your wives. Agape your wife. See, love is, and when you look at it in agape, love is a choice. See, a lot of people do not believe that. Well, I just fell in love. Well, that's eros. Eros, however you want to pronounce it. That's the kind of love that God designed in us so that we would find that other, so we could procreate because that was one of God's plans to procreate and multiply the nations, right? So he called, he gave that within us, he put that within us, but agape is a choosing love, it's a self-sacrificing love. It's, a, it's, not my, it's not my way, but it's God's way, love. So when we agape, see a lot of people say, well, I, do, well, I just quit loving. No, you, you, you stop choosing to love her. Well, I just, I just can't love him anymore. Yes, you can, because you have a choice, so you can love him. And then you work that out with God. Love is a choice. Husbands, love your wife just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for that he might sanctify, set apart, cleanse her with, I love this, with the washing of the water by the word, that he might present to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be holy and without blemish. What a love story within a love story. See, he starts out, talks about husbands, then he just shifts right in the middle of the sentence. I'm talking about Christ. I'm talking about the church. We're the bride of Christ. I know a lot of guys don't even like that terminology, but we're the bride of Christ. That's just how he put it. And when you give your life to Christ, you know, here's the mission if you should choose to accept it. The mission is, are you going to come under the submission or the, the mission of Christ in your life? You're going to find that place where this love story takes overtakes you. And you fall in love with Jesus first. And then he will direct all the rest of the stuff that you need in your life. Husbands, love your wives. You see, when you say, when you talk about submission and you put it in the context of love, it changes everything. You, you know the old saying, you know, something I heard a while back and I started saying it and other people are saying it just because I said it, I'm sure. <laughs> it's not that I have to go to work, I get to go to work. I, I, I don't, when we change the way we speak about things, we'll change the way we live. When we change the way we talk about our wives, we'll change the way she lives. When we talk about the way, when we talk the love and we talk the positive, we speak those things in the atmosphere, things will change around us. If you wake up in the morning, oh, good Lord, there's my wife. Instead of saying, oh, good, thank you, Lord, there's my wife. Right? Husbands, love your wife just as Christ also. How did he love the church? He gave himself up for the church. Husbands, are you giving yourselves up for your wife? Was that a demon that just came out?
There's never anything boring about Freedom Fellowship, and I tell you, even if it was a yawn. I don't really know what to say. Uh, That's unusual. Usually when somebody yawns, everybody else, there's a, or, or, you know, everybody else, <sighs> you know, have you ever seen that? Like, it's just, you can just yawn or something. You can be faking the yawn and they'll start yawning, right? <laughs> See, y'all just, you just extended this sermon like 10 minutes. Oh, I don't know, and I don't want to know. <laughs> oh. What did they say? That's still the wrong title. It's not Folly in Love. If you want to change the title, that just bothers me that I'm looking at the wrong title. That was last week. Okay. Ever since you gave your life to Jesus Christ. You, you know what you did when he came into your life? You said, I do. How many of you had the, the really cool marriage proposals? How many of you had that one? Come on, stand, tell, raise your hands. You had the, the, the husband went out and bought roses and spelled your name and, and got, the, got the really, the most expensive restaurant in town. You, no more McDonald's. You took them to Burger King. <laughs> and so we're, we're, we're grading up, baby. We're going to the, bur- with the, we're going to the grill burgers, you know, and and you took him to Burger King, and you got down on one knee, and, and, the, and the kids were all screaming around you, but you, man, you were so serious, and you, you, you spelled out her name with French fries, and so, it was so romantic. But see, when Jesus came, he said, will you love, honor, will you care for, will you do what, what you, I'm, I'm the husband, will you, we say vows to him. And he proposed to us, and when you said yes to him, you said, yes, I will follow you. I'll, I'll go to where you want me to go. I'll be who you want me. When, you, when he proposed to you and you accepted his proposal, church, you, you entered into a whole new life, a whole new lifestyle, a whole new realm. You understand that? However you were living, and you said yes to Jesus, all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit comes in and says, that's not what you should, that's not how you should continue to live. Holy Spirit begins to direct your steps. You, you, don't, you don't come to Jesus all cleaned up. You come to Jesus in the middle of your sin, and you say, I do, and he says, good, I've got you, and now I want to love on you, and I want to bring you to that place, and there's going to be a day. There's going to be a day. It's not yet, guys, but we have already, we're, we're married to Christ, but there's going to be a wedding reception in heaven that's going to be beyond any wedding reception that you can ever imagine. And we're going to stand before that, that great banquet table, and we're going, to see our, we're going to see the bridegroom face to face someday. Can you imagine that? Woo! God does the sanctifying. God does the cleansing. God does the washing. Because he wants to present to him, her, us, to himself, a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be holy and without blemish. I'm telling you guys, we don't get holy. And, I mean, we don't, we don't ever become without blemish until we step into heaven and we see him face to face. It's not about your performance. About, it's about what Jesus did on the cross for us. 
verse 28. So if husbands ought to love their own wives, say love, as their own bodies. He say, who loves his wife loves himself, for no one ever hates his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, just as the Lord does the church, for we are members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones. Again, we could be talking about husbands and wives here, but he's talking about something greater than that. He's talking about us today as individuals. Jesus said this, that we are to love the Lord our God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love our neighbor as ourself. And it's hard for a husband or a wife or anybody else to love somebody else if you don't love yourself. Self-hatred, self-hatred will keep you from loving your mate. Self-hatred will keep you from loving your neighbor. Self-hatred will keep you from loving one another. Love your neighbor as what you love yourself. See, it's implied that you love yourself there. It didn't say that, but I, I see it almost as three commandments. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as you love yourself. There's something really key here, guys, and this is probably where we're going to end this morning. Because self-hatred comes from many things. I met with a young lady uh, last week full of self-hatred. Anybody know anybody that's ever cut themselves? That's self-hatred. Anybody, anybody know anybody that's tried to commit suicide or committed suicide? That's self-hatred. Anybody know anybody here that just can't love anybody else? Because that's self-hatred, because they don't love themselves. When Jeannie came, the, the, the young lady that we, her video last week where she jumped off the bridge, when we sat in this room back here preparing for that, in, for that video, she was sharing this whole story to us, and I said, Jeannie, have you forgiven yourself? And I mean, the dam burst. No, Pastor, I haven't. I said, would you like to? She said, yes, I would. And I led her through a prayer to forgive herself so she can now be free to love other people in the way God intended for her to love people. In this room, there are, there are marriages where there is not a lot of love. And it's probably because you feel guilty that you really don't love yourself. That's, let me tell you what self-hatred comes from. It comes from your past usually, from rejection, abuse, generational curses, failures, disappointments. There's a million things that can, can come to your heart because you don't feel like you're good enough. A lot of you don't get married because you don't feel like you're good enough. A lot of you are going to stay single because you don't feel like, oh, well, because, you don't hate, because you hate yourself. You don't love yourself like Christ intended you to love yourself. And some, some people even portray self-hatred as false humility. They just do. It looks good. Well, no, I'm not worth, I'm not that, you know. I'm, I'm, no, that, that, that's saying God messed up somewhere. That, that's an indictment on God that he messed up. God didn't mess up. We do. So the love story really begins when we understand that God forgave us of all of our sins and we have no right to hold on to any of them, none of them. The last thing I want to say is 
He talks about it in verse 31, for this reason a man shall leave his mother and father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. He talks about that's kind of, you know, that's a mystery. But the only thing I want to say there is if you're going to get married according to the word of God, you've got to leave your parents. But I like living at home. <laughs> See, when I, when I read that, I thought, how, how, does that, what is, how does that look for us spiritually? We have to leave our sin. We have to leave our old lifestyle. We have to leave the world and come into one, one spiritual unity with the King of kings and the Lord of lords. John 17 says he wants us to be one with him, like, he, like Jesus and the Father are one, that we would be one with him. Would you all stand this morning?